Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian and I'm here to build up our round 20s at 20s at 21. Who knows where we're at at this stage? I've lost the plot after that Collingwood win. I don't know what week it is, but I know that we're playing the Saints this week. Four games to go, two wins needed to make finals. Every game from here matters. And to discuss it all, I am joined by a man who potentially has more disdain for the St. Kilda Football Club than I do, which I'm, I'm not sure if that's possible. You may know him from causing absolute mayhem and chaos on Twitter, particularly during the uh, trade period. I'm still hearing rumours Baz Lenka may still find his way to the Blues in the offseason. And he also features regularly on the Besties podcast with the great Tori and Jasmina in the form of controversial Cam, and it is, of course, you know who it is, Mr. Cam Dempster, mate. Cammy, thanks for joining me. How are you this lovely Thursday night? Oh, Ian, great to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, I'm pretty good. I was I was pretty keen building up, and then obviously the news that's filtered through on Twitter about an hour ago is rock the boat slightly. I'm sort of going into doomsday a little bit, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pick myself back up a bit, I think. Um, yeah. But other than that, I'm going well. Yeah. No, good to hear. And yeah, it's the news of Mitch McGovern's hamstring injury. I think they've said it's two to three weeks at this stage. Doesn't look good. Another one you can add to the injury list right now. And it's really dull, the the vibe. It feels like we should have just recorded beforehand. Would have been beautiful. Wouldn't have had to worry about it. Go in with all the confidence. And it definitely has tried to derail things. But let's try and boost the, the, uh, the positivity, <clears throat> at least on the Carlton end, as we get through this episode. But we'll go the opposite of positivity. Because you and I have been back and forth on the socials and in each other's DMs, occasionally talking about... Now, we don't like the St. Kilda Football Club, so I kind of want to get to know, is, has anything happened along this journey that has made you not like this football club? Are there any moments, anything that, that has drawn this uh, this hatred together? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like they've just been a team that's always beaten us. And, mm. and I know that's not saying much because we've lost to a lot of teams over the last decade, but I feel like even when we were pretty good, sort of in the, you know, um, 2008 to 2012 period, mm. they'd still just always find a way to beat us. Um, <clears throat> and I think the hatred started, I was, I was pretty young. I was, I was at the footy with my dad and I just remember this Saints fan sitting in front of us. She was so feral. Spilling beer everywhere. I'm just like, no, nah, I hate the St. Kilda <laughs> Football Club. And ever since then, it's just been deep-rooted. Like, I, you know, people say they hate Collingwood, they hate Essendon, but for me, like, Saints are nearly number one. Just not a Gee, fan. that's big. That is massive. <laughs> no, and it's it's funny. Like, you've you've been pin, pigeonholed. As, you've got the new nickname, the Controversial Cam, and we caused a bit of controversy on this podcast in our last build-up show where – Saints TV and all the St Kilda fans were flocking to the YouTube comments, obviously listening to the build-up show. Not sure why, but thanks for the view. Thanks for the engagement. They might be here again, and they were not happy that uh, we were giving it straight to them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this episode because, yeah, I don't know where mine stems from. I know that my best mate growing up in, like, kinder and primary school was a Saints fan, but I was trying to think about it today. I don't feel like that's where it stemmed from because I, I could not tell you anything that transpired when I was in kinder or primary school, but it's, it's similar. I think it's because they, they, they always beat us. And now mm. you, you fast forward to now, you got guys like Tim Membry that are fine footballers, but every time they seem to play us, he's Wayne Carey, he's, he's prime Chris Judd against us and dominating. And it just feels like that that's what happens. For whatever the reason, we just can't beat 
St. Kilda yeah. when it matters. So but I feel like that will definitely be changing this week. So let's jump into it. Let's talk about what do we want to see from this game? It is a podcast favorite segment. We know we want to win, but what are the couple of things from this contest that you're wanting to see? Well, I think, you know, firstly, I just want to see the same focus that I think the boys have gone in for the last month. Um, you know, St Kilda are probably obviously lesser than Collingwood and, and Port Adelaide, mm. but I think we even saw against West Coast the focus the boys brought from the start was really elite, and even though West Coast are clearly the worst team in the comp. So I want to see that. I just want to see relentless pressure from the start. Um, mm. And I don't want to see us go away from anything that's brought us success in the last month. We do have some key outs, but I think our success over the last month has built off system and I don't want to see us go mm. away from that. So I think I just want to see more of the same. That's that's honestly exactly what I'm looking for. No, it's, it's, a, it's a really good point because uh, I think you've nailed it in talking about the, just that pressure and work rate. It just feels like everything has stemmed from that and led us to that success. And even last week when we have those injuries in the game with, with Chera going down and we obviously had so many outs against Collingwood, that was what got us that victory. And it feels this next man up mentality. We spoke about it heaps last year and it's weird. The conversation last year I felt was next man up, but hope that individual could fill the shoes. Whereas now it's just kind mm. of like, it, it almost doesn't matter the name. It's not just a body that fits into this system. Is that kind of how you've seen the change, at least for this last sort of six weeks or so talking about this next man up and our structure? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, you've just got to look at our forward line. Like those names that have come in, they're not, you know, they're not your star sort of names, but they've mm. come in and they've just played a role. Like clearly you want your best players out there. Like, you know, we'd love to have Cherry out there. We'd love to have McGovern out there. But I, I definitely do think that there's been a more selfless shift in mm. their mindset. So, you know, that they're doing the team things because, you know, that can be replicated by people coming in. Like, you know, you can't get like, you can't get someone to come to centre-half forward and, and be as good as Harry, but you can come in, get someone to play that centre-half forward role. So, yeah, I think that's definitely been one of the biggest things that's mm. changed over the last four to six weeks. Mm, yeah, and, and that was one of the things that I had here as my what do you want to see. It was just keep the pressure up, no matter how many injuries, no matter how many outs. And I want us as well because – we spoke about this a little bit on the Collingwood review show, talking about the tackles and the last six games, we've won the tackle count in five of those six wins, which is ridiculous with how much footy we were getting and dominating these teams at an average of 74.8 tackles per game. And so I feel like that's just a ridiculous tally. So I want to win Huge. the tackle count again, because if you do that, I think regardless of the players that we actually have out there, it just gives us the platform to win mm. and even saying that, I think we still have the quality to get the job done anyway. We've just beaten a team like Collingwood, informed team, best team all season, on top of the ladder for a reason. We beat them with the outs that we have. Not to be too disrespectful to St. Kilda. I think they're, they're, they're still in the top eight for a reason. They have played some good footy, particularly early on. But Collingwood were better than St. Kilda. So I think even with our outs, we've, we can definitely, we've still got enough quality out there to get the job done. Oh, 100%. Like, it's realistically, you know, Cherry didn't play the second half. He's obviously mm. not going to be playing. And it's pretty much just McGovern out of, you know, that side. So, like you said, there's definitely still well mm. and truly enough quality out there. Yeah. Did you have any other little nuggets that you were looking for? Anything else that you wanted to see from this game? 
Um, I just want to—I want to say your best on ground from Sadi. I know that's pretty specific, but I, I really <laughs> I like just want to see see him, you know, do what Jack Sinclair seems to do to us. Mm. I want to just see him cause havoc off the half back line. I'm sort of—I said in the Besties podcast, I'm looking for a goal from outside fifty. So, um, I, look, that would make me pretty happy if I can see that. Mm, uh, it's funny. I feel like you've, you've substituted in for Lockie perfectly here because I haven't really given you the run sheet, but everything you're saying is perfectly what I'm looking at in front of me because <laughs> I almost wrote down, I want a, I want an outside 50 goal from Saad. And I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was subconsciously from what you said this week that just stayed in there all, all the time. It didn't make the list, but similarly talking about Saad, I was putting my attention towards the St. Kilda football club and looking at Jack Sinclair and and my what do you want to see from this game is for Sinclair to just have no impact on this game because the last two times we've played them he's absolutely killed us the the game last year he just tore us up off the halfback and it was incredibly influential to to get that St Kilda win and then earlier this season they threw him into the midfield and all of a sudden just took the game away from us and so I think from that, I'm just wanting our forwards to continue to apply the pressure that they have over these last six weeks, negate his rebounding influence, and then if he does go into the midfield, the boys just need to shut him down. So I don't want us to get beaten by what we know, and what we know is Sinclair's a good footballer. He's done it to us last couple mm-hmm. of times, so let's try and quell his influence. I don't want to be walking away from this game going, we've lost, and Jack Sinclair has absolutely torched us yet again. We don't want to see that. I mean, like, and this is the perfect opportunity for a guy like Fogarty, I reckon. Like, yeah, you know, he is someone that I think could play like a, a nice little shutdown role mm. on um, Jack Sinclair because he's got yeah. he's got the attributes. He's a good tackler. He's seen he's in pretty good form. Fiftieth game this week too, which is a good effort mm. for him to get to that point. So, yeah, that'd be cool to see him maybe match up on Sinclair. Yeah, no, it's a. I mean, you look at our our forward line and the pressure that they have been able to bring. It feels like that's built so much. And previously, we we're almost looking at like, oh, is it a Cottrell? Is it an Ed Kerno? Who's playing this lockdown role? And we haven't really been confident. Whereas you bring up a name like Fogarty, and weirdly, even though he hasn't been a mainstay in this team for for very long at all. I'm going, yeah, let's let's have him play that negating role. And with the rest of them, with Cunningham, with Martin, with Motlop, collectively, it feels like they're going to be able to do a job because I've been trying to find a lot of stats today to just rattle something out on this match build-up. And <laughs> I found this one. And if you're looking at our pressure, this is the difference over this season from our horrendous patch from rounds one to 13 to 14 to 20. And you look at the, the winning the tackle differential in those games from round one to 13, we were ranked 16th from rounds mm. 14 to 20. We now rank fourth in the tackle differential, which is already a ridiculous shift. And then just forward half pressure rounds one to 13. We ranked 14th rounds 14 to 20. It's first. And that also without a Harry Mackay, it's just, those are the things that are building blocks. Does that give you a bit more confidence that we'll definitely be able to to handle a, a Sinclair or, or the other rebounders that they, they have throughout their squad? Yeah, 100%, because you don't get those numbers just off one or two guys' mm. efforts. So it's obviously a collective mindset. So, I'm, you know, I obviously I'm a bit, you know, worried about the ads we've got, but I am definitely very confident mm. that we can cover it because, yeah, like I've said, it's, it's a whole team shift the way they're playing at the moment. So... We should be able to handle the Saints, I think. 
pretty comfortably if we play the way we've played for the last four to six weeks. Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard not to have that mentality because we've played ridiculous football. We've beaten the top two teams and it hasn't just been getting over the line in the last second. Every single one of these wins has been comprehensive and it's now just bringing this belief, which is exciting. I'm not sure I've had this much belief and confidence that if we're able to bring what we have, we're literally going to beat anyone. Um, did you have any other... What did you want to see or, or were those your kind of main points for this week? I think if I can see that, I'll be pretty happy that we've done enough to win. So yeah. um, I, I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game. So I just want to see relentless pressure. Let's just make yeah. – if it's a scrap, then just we'll make it hard. But, you know, mm. let's just bring that heat, heat from the start. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. I didn't have one until about – 20 minutes before we started recording, and now I had to jot this one down. Just no more injuries. Seriously, please. Mm. Fingers crossed. I can't deal with it anymore. We've been decimated over the last month or so when we finally turn it around and play some good football. So, yes, praying for no injuries. But let's talk a bit about this contest. Let's talk about the Saints because I know you love doing it. Um, what have you, <laughs> How have you seen St. Kilda this year how confident are you that we will get this win and, and what are you kind of looking out from a st kilda point of view what are the things we need to watch out for from them it's i was thinking about this earlier i feel like they're such a hard team to kind of analyze mm. how they hurt you i know they're they're extremely defensive but i just don't really rate them that highly and this might come back to bite me but I don't think there's room in the modern game to be playing so negative like they do. Mm. So, you know, clearly the way they can beat us is if they shut us down um, and don't let us score. Um, it was interesting mm. to see them last week open the game up against Hawthorne in the second quarter, but I don't know whether that's much of an achievement, just the way the Hawks are going at the moment. So, um, I don't know. I think it's you don't want to let guys like Sinclair off halfback have a really good game. You don't want Bradley Hill getting too much of the ball yeah. because he's a ball user and, and I've just got nightmares of him strolling up and down Marvel Stadium um, last year and even earlier in the year. I, mm. I do not want to see that again. Um, and I don't want to see Tim Membry turn into Wayne Carey for four quarters. That's another thing I do it not want to see. every time. Like... How about this? Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but no. how ridiculous. Bloke has not played like any games this season. He's been out injured the whole time. I swear he's played two games this year and they've both been against us. Like, what is going on? How come they're getting all these players back perfectly in time well, to play the Blues? You could say it's bad luck or you could say that they're pretty nervous because they're coming up against mm. the the Blue Baggers. But no, it's it's honestly, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, memory just seems to always have a really good game against us. I, I remember the game late last year and he was just, mm. they just killed us and he, he was a big part of it. So I think, you know, they do have a lot of good running power, obviously. They're, I think, I, I don't know, recently, but early on that was sort of why they were going mm. pretty well. But I don't, you know, is King is King going to be underdone? Like, I, mm. I don't know how good he's going to be. Is memory going to be un, underdone? Like I saw he only had eight disposals or nine yeah. disposals and a goal in the VFL last week. Like, it's not really jumping off the page. Yes, mm. they're decent names, but I'm not really scared of them because – and their midfield, like, uh, it doesn't really scare me that much. Brad Crouch, he's he's just an okay footballer. I think Steele's an okay footballer. I think we've still got enough quality to match mm. them. And I think, 
we've still got enough up forward to kick a good winning score. So, mm. look, I honestly think we should win the game, really. Yeah, and you look at Carlton as well at the moment. It feels, and I'm not meaning to disrespect St Kilda because I can already sense it. They've come over for this one again, and they're already the fingers are typing it so fast on their keyboards, ready to have a go at the both of us. But when you're looking at at St Kilda at the moment, like I'm similar to you, I'm not necessarily worried about what they're bringing. I'm more worried about like what Carlton are we getting, and I have enough belief now that I, I feel confident that we're going to bring the same that we've seen for the last six weeks we've done it over enough time that you're confident that that's going to happen but I'd, I'd be more worried that we don't turn up and that maybe that Collingwood game had taken a little bit out of us and that was just the emotion of it maybe you know you get a couple more injuries you lose a Chera, you lose a McGovern that that starts to fall off for a week and then you go again that's where my concern probably is a little bit more but if i'm going to give the saints some credit which i've got to do for a little bit of of this to make it a bit of a challenge um look, they're in the top eight for a reason and ross lyon is a good coach he always seems to find little ways to nullify the teams that he's come up against and i'm interested to see what he's going to do and, and what the plan is to try and stop a charlie knowing that one of our issues right now is we really only have the one key forward and everyone else has kind of stepped up around that now smalls to add to the goal tally and create space, but he's a good coach and he's going to maybe find ways to make it difficult for them. Um, and then on the other end, I think that their smalls can hurt us. And it has been something that's challenged us in the past. And even earlier this season, you, you look at Higgins has kicked 31, Butler 28 and Owens 23, all three of those guys on their day and have shown from their goal tallies this season, pretty consistent. They'll score a couple every single week. So you just can't let the ball hit the ground in that sort of defensive 50 and let them pounce on it all day and give them the space. Like you were saying with the, with the hard running across the field, you give them the space. Those smalls are going to eat it up every single day. So those are kind of the things that I'm definitely wary of from the Saints point of view. But again, I just I'm just so confident with how we're playing right now that, it's hard to look at literally anyone you could say that we're playing this week. It, it could be Melbourne next week, and I'm still sitting here ridiculously confident that Carlton are going to get the job done. Yeah, I think when you do it against the top two teams, it, mm. it does give you confidence. And, it, and if we as fans are confident, I can imagine the boys have got you know a fair bit of self-belief at the moment. And, mm. and so they should. And, like that, and I think that's the sort of thing they need to hopefully continue mm. on for the rest of the year. So... Um, it's just another thing I thought of too. I don't want to see us, you know, as we only have Charlie at the moment, I don't want to see us kicking the ball up high for Cal Wilkins yeah. to just eat up because mm. I think even in that first quarter last week against the Pies, we were doing it a little bit to more, yeah. but we sort of changed the way we went about it, which is really good that we did that in game because you only got to think back to the early part of the year. We were kicking it to the intercept defender every week. So, um, I think if we can avoid that, lower the eyes like we have been, you know, we should hopefully be able to mm. eliminate Wilkie from the game because he he is a big part of why they mm. are a good team when they're playing. Yeah, well. he, he's having a ridiculously good season. He's currently, I think he's ranked number two for marks this season. I think he's actually just one mark behind Ryan from Frio. So he's definitely a big thing that we need to watch out for. And I was hoping that, that maybe they wouldn't have all their key defenders out there. So he'd have to maybe lock down a bit more on a Kerno, but it looks like they've got enough height down there that maybe he can float a little bit more. So I agree with you. I think he's one definitely 
from their defensive point of view that we just can't be allowing to to kick to and letting him free roam and intercept. But again, there's that confidence from last week with what we're able to do with eliminate Darcy Moore from that contest. And yeah, it's it's going to be a, a big game because both teams are really fighting for finals. Like we touched on it earlier that we've got to win two out of our next four to guarantee it. And, and Saints are in kind of a similar boat. They've obviously got... They're a little bit higher on the table than us, but they've got a really tough run of fixtures coming up. And this is one that I reckon that their fans would be looking at saying, they win this game, they've pretty much sewn up finals. And that's kind of where I'm thinking of it from a Carlton point of view, that we win this, the confidence is definitely there, that if it's one from three, then you're not going to be stressing as much then if it's, oh, we've got to win two from three. And then all the memories from last year maybe start to stem Mm -hmm. back. So you're worried at all that, because St Kilda are also still really playing for their season, you're worried at all in, in that component from what they're going to bring from maybe an energy level. And on top of that, the way the media has kind of built them up as the underdogs and that I think every single thing I've seen on socials this week from anyone in the media has been Saints the ones that are not making finals. So you're worried about the ammunition that's that's gone St Kilda's way this week? Yeah. Slightly, yeah, because I think that they love. I think they love that yeah. underdog tag, um, and they always have. I mean, one premiership in a over a hundred mm. years will give you that underdog tag. So they love it. Um, they yeah, they thrive off it. So it it is slightly concerning, um, mm. but I think the thing that's and like we've repeatedly said, that's filling me with confidence. It's not like we're dreaming up this scenario of how we're going to win, and we haven't seen it. We've seen mm. how we know we'll win. For the last month or so, so I'm I'm just I'm pretty confident, honestly. Like mm. it would be, I would be surprised if St Kilda come out and don't throw a fair bit at us. Like as much as I've you know spoken crap about them and I don't really rate them that highly, they are good at defence. They're a good defensive mm. team. They're a good hard running team, and they're not easy to play against. Most teams they play mm. against struggle to score. So yeah. I would. I'm not expecting us to come out and, and do what we did to West Coast and have nine goals in the first quarter. I think it's it's going to be ugly. I don't I don't think it's going to be a win that we're going to be putting on replay on a mm. Wednesday night after Sunday. So I think we're look. I'm just hoping we can take that four points and walk away because yeah, like you said, I think if we can get a win here when our when I think our backs are actually up against the mm. wall with our injury list, yeah. Um, it's just got to be huge belief because look, I've got a got a sneaky feeling like Mackay might not be too far away. I'm thinking, mm. you know, Walsh, if we can get him back next week for the Melbourne game, I think if we can sneak across the line here, we could we could cement finals next week, and yeah. that would just be huge to have the last two weeks to maybe mm. you know just rest a couple of players if we can. So yeah, I just we, we got to sew it up ASAP because I don't want to mm. be sitting there round twenty four just stressing not, not knowing again. <laughs> are we going to play? For, I can't. I honestly can't do it. I, I couldn't do it again. Mm. It would break. Oh, me. Yeah, and and GWS are playing some ridiculous footy at the moment, so it's not a team you, you necessarily want to play in the last round as well. Also playing for finals, and it's weird. I've got this feeling, and again, it's it means nothing, but. It's that we're winning this game, we'll beat Melbourne, and then because we've cemented finals and we've almost willed ourselves over this ridiculous second half of the season, winning every single game in a row, that we'll then drop that Gold Coast game away. It'll be one we've travelled, one that the boys are just so emotionally, physically drained that they lose that, and then it's a free hit the last round, bit of confidence up. They try maybe a few things tactically, get the win, 
and go into finals that way. It feels like this is just something that's just going to happen. Like we're just going to keep going until we make it mm. the way that they're playing at the moment. You feel that determination of even them, you know, take the fans away from this. They don't want to be in that scenario of having to win again the last week of the season. They want to get it done early. And just the last couple of things that I've kind of written down for the Saints that I thought was interesting when I was getting a couple of these stats was looking that they were the number one. They're the number one team currently ranked for disposals, which surprised me a little bit. And they're also number one for kicks. Makes sense having that much of the ball, but a bit more kicks than the handballs in that instance. And they're number two from marks as well. So very heavy possession base. It's clear they win a lot of the ball and they sort of build that possession from the back. They like to have it. They like pay a bit more of that slow brand defensive footy like you've touched on. And you look at Cal Wilkie as well with the number two from marks. I've got that defensive aspect of it, but where it kind of looks interesting from that and having so much of the possession, number one disposals, but they're 15th for inside 50s, Mm. which is very interesting to show that even though they have a lot of that football, they don't seem to be getting it in enough to really be damaging the opposition and probably goes from that slow brand of footy. And then, you know, they're second for marks overall, but they're 12th for marks inside 50. So this is, again, that similar aspect of they're just not using that ball and getting it in in deep into their forward line for the amount of possession that they're having. And I know that's kind of their game style, but it just doesn't make me fear them as much when you see, even if they have a lot of the ball, they don't seem to be doing a ridiculous amount of damage with it. And then delving deeper into the contest where that's an area that we've been ridiculously good at. Our our stoppage scoring differential from rounds 14 to 20, it's we're number one, not only for the comp, but apparently at, Plus 235 is the best that's ever been recorded. Um, So at the moment, we're we're absolutely flying. It's better than Hawthorne and their pomp. So right now, this run of form is really good. And what we're doing from the stoppage craft is great. And you look at St. Kilda at the moment, they rank 13th for contested possessions. We're 8th and 9th for uncontested. We're 5th. So currently, even with as bad as we've played this season, we've turned that around and got those into some positives. So for me, I'm kind of looking at this game going... We win it in the contest. We play to our strengths that way. You saw it against Collingwood last week. That, for me, I'm earmarking as the key to winning this game is that contested brand of football. Get that done and we'll have the ball going more our way. What do you kind of make of that contested side and looking at some of those stats that I've just randomly uh, reeled off for you? That differential, that's huge. That's that's a Mm. lot. Like That's... I'm surprised. I know we've been dominant, but that's surprising. But mm. the whole um, Saints being, you know, out there with the marks and disposals, I think those stats, and I think we've seen firsthand earlier in the year, we had mm. some of our players, even the game, I think, against St. Kilda, yeah. we had three or four guys, 30 plus disposals, and we were no good that game. And I think mm. just because you're getting a lot of the ball doesn't really mean you're damaging it. And like you've said, their inside 50 isn't much. Mm. Um, their marks inside 50 isn't much. So I, I sort of agree with you there. It's not much to fear in that sense. Um, and mm. I do definitely agree with you that it's it starts in the middle. Like if, if we can have Cripper getting the ball, first first touch out, getting an inside 50, that's going to bring our smalls into mm. play as well because the ball coming inside 50, it, it gives less time for guys like Wilkie to set up. So I think we can just play that fast direct football. Um, mm. That's definitely where we can win. And that definitely started the contest. I I definitely agree with what you've said there. Yeah. It's so interesting. Those like, it really does paint the picture of what we were at 
early in the season. I remember even looking at it now. We, we were like number one for disposals <clears> and number one for marks. But we were just <clears> doing <throat> nothing with it. Just chips, chip kicks, you know, in defensive 50. And then oh. we're struggling to move the ball forward. And I, I think that they're Sorry. definitely a bit better structured in the way that they then attempt to move the ball than we were obviously throughout that period. But it just kind of shows you the contrasting game plan that they have that and we're still beating them in uncontested possessions, which you'd think if they have so much of the ball and are using that defensive build kind of football that they'd Mm. have more of that ball on the outside. And it kind of makes me excited that feels like we've turned this around. It feels like our strengths beat St. Kilda's strengths. It'll be interesting to see. Um, and just before we get into the team changes, because that is the bit, that's the fun part. That is the the best part of this build-up show, discussing what has happened. And there's been a lot to ha- that has happened tonight regarding the team changes for us and for the Saints. I've got to give a shout-out here to, to Lockie Fogarty. He plays his 50th game for us here. And I just got asked the question, because he isn't someone that's featured a lot, not someone that gets spoken about a lot for Carlton, particularly over his journey since coming across from Geelong. And what have you kind of made of his impact, particularly coming into this side when we've shifted this this form later in this season? Huge. Like, uh, uh, like I'll put out on Twitter my team sort of weekly, and I think I was sort of wanting him in there sort of in the middle of that bad run. Mm. Um, I know he's had injuries and that, but... I think the impact that he's made, like he's just someone that <clears throat> doesn't need to have 20 disposals, but he impacts and he tackles. Like his tackles, are, he'd be mm. in the top three, four tacklers every week for us. Like yeah. it's just, and I think it's also got a lot to do with, with, I feel like the players altogether have a lot more role clarity. So I think he knows that if he comes in, lays his tackles, he's staying in the team because that's all he really needs to do. So Give me another five or six Lockie Fogarty's just role players, mm. just want to do their bit. Like they don't really care if they get a lick of the ice cream. They just they want to do what they can for the team to get the win. And I'm I'm loving what he's doing. Like if he if he keeps playing this way, bring on another two hundred um Lockie Fogarty yeah. games. I'm loving oh, it. It's insane the turnaround. And I don't know how much I can add on to that. I think you've absolutely nailed Lockie Fogarty because he came in originally and all of a sudden he was still known for the tackles and we're going, Oh, we've unearthed one. And then all of a sudden just dropped away, wasn't playing good footy. And even, you know, early this year when you were calling for him to come in, I know on the selection table a couple were saying, do we just bring him in and and do something different? We know we can at least tackle. And I don't think anyone even expected him to have the impact that he has so far and nailed down as that pressure small forward makes so much happen for us. And then his ability to also push up towards that contest and, and be a body, be another person that can win the ball himself. He's been an exciting player and it's it's weird. I, I think you, you go back when this podcast probably started, I wouldn't have got too excited about a maybe a Lockie Fogarty type, but I think maturing myself as a fan and, and I think us as Carlton supporters, now that we're away from that just superstar player and wanting a f- team full of those, having these role players, they're the ones that I'm excited about now and what they're able mm-hmm. to do. Just, you know what you're getting week in, week out. And it's this selfless team that we are now. Lockie Fogarty is like one of the poster boys for that kind of role. Um, yeah, it's big well, credit to him for, for the 50 games. Yeah. Um, but now we, yeah sorry. Sorry. He could have, he could have easily just given up too. Like he's yeah. been out of the team for a long time. So he's done a really good job to get back in and impact mm. the way he has. 100%. So let's look at the team changes. 
you know, you look at St. Kilda themselves, as we touched on, ridiculous. Of course, they bring back Hill, King, and Membry this week. And, and I'm hoping, like you mentioned, maybe that brought them back a little too early. They know their season's on the line. They need to beat Carlton, that maybe these guys are a little bit underdone. Um, looking at our team changes, though, because this is more of the fun thing, what were the uh, changes that you would have done? Because at the moment, we don't know the exact 100% teams. We're recording this on the Thursday night. Currently out is Chera and McGovern due to the injury and the extended bench and all the ins is Dow, Bins, Cottrell, Ed, Sam Durden, Fisher, Honey, Motlop. But what would, the, would have been the changes that you would have made if you were in charge? Well, prior to McGovern, you know, the late hamstring injury, um, it was pretty simple. It was just Dow for Chera. Um, mm. And the sub, I was even thinking potentially like a Zach Fisher. Um, yeah. I just thought, you know, he's been out of the team for quite a while. We've seen Mots go out of the team and come back in and sort of change his role. To be fair, Fish was dropped when we were in that sort of bad form. Mm. And I don't think life as a small forward would have been very easy back in that sort of form slump. Um, so, but now, now obviously Gov goes out. I don't think we need to replace him with a tool. Um, I've really... Mm. I know that they've got a few tools in, especially with um, Hayes coming back in and Membry and King. But I think with, you know, Kemp, Weeders, we can sort of, and Marchie back there now too, we can sort of handle it. Um, the only thing, I just don't know whether Kemp has enough sort of strength to handle yeah. one of their bigs. That's the only thing I'm concerned about if he gets sort of isolated on a memory in the square or, or whatever. So, but look, I'm willing to back what we've got there. So, um, I'm probably going to say Dow for Chera, which has already been confirmed by Vossi. And I think I would just bring Zach Fisher in. Um, yeah. And with McGovern out, just to have an extra mid around the ball. Um, you know, look. I hope they don't just put Ed Kerno in. I really don't want to see that. Um, yeah, that well, that's going to be the interesting one. It feels like every time there's been a chance yeah. to, they've brought him in every single time this season. They just, I don't look. I love it, and it's and it's frustrating the way this year's panned out because I feel like people are just are sort of sick of it. But it's not his fault. Like the the selectors are the ones picking him. So, but I yeah. think I feel like we know what Ed is, and I feel like we could potentially get something out of Fisher than that Ed wouldn't be able to provide. So I think, you know, let's adopt that small mentality, I guess. Let's try and run them off their feet. So, yeah, you know, so pretty much I'm going to see Dow in for Chera and just Fish in for McGovern. And then the sub, um, Ed Kerno, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Ed Kerno. <laughs> there's not many left, not, is there? <laughs> no, there's not. We're, we're running out of names. So that's probably mm. what I'm looking for this week. Yeah, no, I'm very, very similar. I agree. I was pretty much just Dowin, Chera out with the injury and then Fisher as sub. I floated on the um, selection table at, on Pobby and Oz uh, on last night that a Cottrell out for Fisher, but it was more just for a bit of fun because I thought it'd be a bit too boring if I just went in with one change for the week. What are we <laughs> going to talk about for a full show if we do that? Um, but Fisher would have been my sub for those reasons that you bring up where yeah, look, if we're going to be honest, he hasn't played good footy this season, but we also weren't playing good footy as well. And there's a part of me that just thinks if we're going in with the mentality that we're good enough regardless who's out there and we're going to make finals, I would like to see what a Fisher would be like in a team that's now functioning well because he's a little bit 
downhill skier in a way that when we seem to be playing well, he plays really well. But last year, I did think he was a bit of a barometer that when he was playing well, we were playing well. And it's it's incredible. He was so pivotal to a few of our big moments last season when we were good. So I'm just interested to see what a player like him would do in this team and, and coming off, I think it was a 30 possession game in the in the twos as well. Showed he was doing a little bit around the ball. And when you lose a guy like Chera, we don't have a Walsh and then Dow's the replacement. Probably still lack a bit of leg speed. So I don't mind the idea of, of, of Fisher coming on in that second half. And it, whether he is playing forward or whether you pinch hit him in the midfield, at least he adds a bit of leg speed around that to burst away that, that maybe we are losing with a few of the other players that we do have. And, and then you've got the McGovern out now. I'm similar to you. I, it feels like with the changes that we've made that Sam Durden's going to come straight in for him, which shocked me. I thought we would have gone smaller. I would have just maybe gone mm. Cowan for it and gone, okay, Marchbank mm. becomes the more lockdown. Kemp continues doing what he's doing. And, and Cowan's got the height as well. So he can also intercept a little bit, obviously a bit younger, not expecting him to play the most amazing football out there, but I just like the idea of adding the, the smalls to it, keeping the the run and movement off half back because that's what you're losing with Gov as well, not just mm. the defensive side, but his quick rebound. So I thought maybe a Cowan, that kind of player, bring him in to replace that and just shift the other magnets around. But I guess with the changes that we, we have made, with the extended bench basically here being, what, Dow... Bins, Cottrell, Ed, Durden, Fisher, Honey, Motlop. Who's what four are you uh, saving, and then who's your yes. sub out of those? Off based off the actual changes. Yeah, so so Mots Mots is going to get a game. Um, yeah. Dow as well. Sorry, I just need to bring it up. I've forgotten. No, don't um, do not stress at all. I sort of threw the, all the names at you then, so it is a bit difficult to, to go through it. And uh, while I'm here as well, because this is a great pause, because Lockie will be, if he's listening to this, he'll be throwing his phone off into some river, lovely, in the beach <laughs> in Europe, actually. He's, he's loving the sun, going, I haven't done any plugs this episode. So while you're listening to this, if you're watching on YouTube, let us know what you think of the team changes in the comments below. Or if you're listening in podcast form, head over to the socials at Navy Blue Corner and let us know. Slide in the DMs, tweet at us, Exodus. I don't know what it is anymore. It's all moving too fast with Elon. He's probably going to change it next week as well. Um, but yeah, get into contact with us and let us know your thoughts. How are we beating the Saners? What do you want to see from this game? Leave it all in the comments and head over to at Navy Blue Corner and let me know your thoughts. But Cammy, what are the four bench so, spots? Who's, who's staying? So, yeah, so it's Dow, Cottrell, and Motlop, and then it's yeah. Fisher. So that, those mm. are my four. Um, and then I guess the sub will be either Kerno, Dirt, yeah. and Bins, or Honey. I don't mm. ever want to see Honey step foot on a field for Carlton again. Um, I don't blame I don't think I don't think they're going to play. I just get a feeling Bins probably won't play this year mm. um, unless, like, we lose Acres and Hollands in the same week. Like, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think looking at that, I'd say Kerno is probably going to be the sub. And I know what you're saying with how Durden's been put on the extended bench. He's just sort of assumed that he's mm. going to come straight in. But I've just got a feeling that they're just going to back what we've got back there. But, you know, yeah. I could be wrong and, and you know, he potentially plays instead mm. of Fisher, so... Yeah, it's interesting because before Marchbank was there, it was Boyd, and then that turned into Cowan, and now that's turned turned into Marchbank. So they've slowly 
gotten taller as we went through, but originally we, we were playing a lot smaller. So it gives credence to do we just keep Marchbank, make him be that more key defender and just move the other magnets around? That's what we were doing and it was working then. I feel like I maybe don't trust Marchbank as much to lock down at the moment. Mm. So maybe you do throw a Durden in there. Part of me also does kind of just want to see what Durden is like again. We didn't get a lot of him last year. I think he played the one game, got injured in that run where no matter who we're plugging in to fill that hole, it was like they're injured in that game immediately. I, it, I, what's Actually, what's worse, the injuries we had last year or the injuries we had this year, if you were to, to pick which is worse? Uh, like I didn't really care six weeks ago because I was like, whatever, season mm. done. But it's all just sort of come to a head yeah. in the last like two, three weeks. And it's a, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm more annoyed about it now because I feel like yeah. we're copping those injuries mid-year and I was like, oh, it's all right. We've got the eight wins on the board. But we, mm. we needed the boys out. We needed the, these guys mm. out there and they're not. But, um, yeah, it is frustrating. I did have a, a question for you. What yeah. does this say about Lewis Young, the fact that he's not on the extended bench and Sam Durden is getting named? Like it's Oh, how concerning. about that? It is, I didn't think, I've actually, this shows maybe something deeper that I didn't even think about it when I first saw the team's named. I was like, oh yeah, he's the next key defender in. Didn't think about it, went about my day, continued, you know, writing up the run sheet. And then all of a sudden went back on Twitter and someone went, as if Lewis Young didn't get in. I was like, oh shit, I forgot he existed, to be Mm. honest. And Mm. it is interesting because there were those little murmurs that came out through our bad patch of form that maybe him and a weedering don't get along very well and next week he was dropped and we haven't really seen him again apart from when he was just in there as a a ruck because we literally needed someone that was over 180 centimeters that could actually play ruck so he jumped in and Mm. yeah it feels as if they just don't rate him now for whatever reason whether it is just him if we want to go on the negative sides of a lewis young he's just so slow to make a decision very slow to move the ball forward and and maybe with what, what Durden's been doing in the twos, they've been seeing a bit more urgency and, and seeing the positive sides to it. But it definitely doesn't bode well for Lewis Young at the moment. We signed him to, I think, like a three-year deal or something at the end of last year. That's maybe not looking like the best bit of business. I know it wouldn't be on a lot of money anyway, but very interesting that he hasn't got a look in at all this season since we've changed things around. And then even with a couple of injuries, he's still not getting a look in in defense. What do you kind of make of it yourself? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess he was recruited to the club as backup, really. Like, we mm. never thought that yeah. he was going to be a star, really. I think last year, you know, he performed pretty well. So we yeah. had pretty high expectations going into the season. But um, he just looks a completely different player. I remember when he came on the other week when Soss went off. I just remember seeing him forward and I was just like, can you just go sit behind the post and get out of the way? Like he just was, he just was just not doing anything that was valuable. So it's just, but you know, I really loved him last year and he was, he was huge whilst Weeders was out for those six weeks or whatever. So he's definitely gone backwards a Mm. lot, but I mean, he's still young time to turn it around. But I I think for this year, I I don't see him getting Mm. back in the team. It's so strange. Like, I've got a mate that's a massive Doggies fan, and I'll be honest, when we got him, I did not know who Lewis Young was. I was like, oh, I've seen this guy play a couple of games recently. He's been playing a bit of ruck. I was like, I don't know what he is. Asked him what he thought, and he was pretty happy to get rid of Lewis Young. Didn't rate him. Just for all the reasons we're kind of seeing this season, that's what he was saying. He was like, he's a little bit slow to make that decision. 
doesn't really offer a lot, looks a bit lost. And it's so strange because last season, unbelievable, like you say. He was intercepting everything. He was so strong. He was winning the one-on-ones. Thought we'd got an absolute bargain. We'd replaced Liam Jones beautifully. And it's bizarre, the just absolute turnaround in the worst way, the decline mm. of Lewis Young so far. There's obviously still time he can turn it around. We've seen some good signs. But, yeah, let me know if you're listening to this, what you think of Lewis Young and, and what do we do with him? Because he's definitely not a ruckman, definitely not a forward, like you said. It didn't look good when he was down there. Can he turn it around back as a defender? Not too sure. But, yeah, let us know as well. Who makes the bench out of the, the listed names um, or react if you're listening to this once the actual teams have been announced. React to it and let us know. I'll be jumping in the comments, giving my thoughts on all the changes on YouTube, and you'll definitely hear from me on socials. Um, but let's move to listener questions because we've got a fair few to get through. A lot on the injuries, a lot on the rest of the season, so it's a perfect time to chat about it and we've got the first one in from the great timmy dub who says injury toll is rising again i'm absolutely certain we now have a system that makes us one of the strongest teams in the afl but at what point does the lack of personnel due to injury override the effectiveness of any system have we reached that point with mcgovern and chera out what are your thoughts on that do you feel like this is too many injuries now it's getting it's getting close. Um, yeah. I don't even want to say the names that I would say that if they're out, then we're done. But I think you mm. can know that there's probably three of them and, and they go down the spine of our team. If we were to lose any of those oh. three in the next four weeks, you pretty much just pack it up. Mm. We won't play the last three or four weeks. So it's getting really bloody close. Like We need to have this week, we need to get out completely injury-free. So yeah. Um, but I do agree, and like we've said, our system is really good at the moment. So, fingers crossed, you know, it's not going to mm. affect us too much. But it is getting very close to being sort of past the point of, yeah. you know, return. Mm. Yeah, it's really those like key players that you're definitely not mentioning by name, and I'm not going to mention by name. Not going to put that into the universe at all because. You look at currently the injuries that we do have. It seems like we've kind of got enough to deal with it. Like a Dow can come in. Hewitt obviously came in for Kennedy. And there's a few other magnets you can still kind of move around with Doherty going to the midfield. And then even with, you know, McGovern's injury, you can throw a Durden in there if you need the height or even, I guess, a Lewis Young to an extent. There's still guys that are absolutely fine that you can plug and play. Or, you know, we've still got those other defenders like a Cowan that are there. Boyd in a couple of weeks will come back. It's still names that can plug into those positions, but it's if we lose another, then you start to have that issue. So I, I don't think yeah. this is the point. I think if, yeah, I agree with you. If there's one more, then you're in trouble because if you lose that, you know, another forward, there's no height. And so I think we're just praying now that, you know, a Jack Silvani whose knee, they still don't really have a timeline for. You hope he's back pretty soon. You're, you're hoping that Walshy who even said last week after the game that he was starting to have a couple of running sessions. So that sounds pretty mm. pretty positive on the Sam Walsh front. So you're hoping we get at least a couple of these guys back in the next few weeks, just get enough wins to make finals. And then what's mm. the scariest proposition for any other club in the AFL? Coming in first final, you play Carlton and all of a sudden every single player is fully fit and they're ready to go. Gov's back, Walsh, Kennedy, potentially I doubt it, but... You know, you got the rest. You got Harry coming back. It's just, it's, it's worrying if you're an opposition team. Well, and you just got to think now back to 2016, 
the pre-finals buyer came in for the first time ever. Mm. Um, Bulldogs, Bulldogs just limped into the finals. The buyer saved them, got all their players back. They want a flag, so who knows? You know, yeah. we just got to. The good thing is they're coming back. Like we're pretty mm. certain that all of them, except for like you said, Kennedy, they'll be. If we play finals, they'll be playing in that first week. So yeah. we just got to hold tight for these next four weeks and get a couple of wins, pretty much. Hundred mm, percent. Now I've got one from our big man who is always delivering some some breaking stories. Hasn't had a couple recently. He was on it with the with the Nick Newman stuff. So very excited to hear what Soj is up to and if he's got any other big scoops for us coming up. But he asks, Am I alone in thinking we can't go into this game full of assumptions that we will just win? Yes, we're on a winning streak, and at some point, losing soldiers takes its toll, plus also complacency after a big win. What are your thoughts on the mentality going into this game? Yeah, no, he's 100% right. Like, we can't we can't go into it just expecting we're going to mm. win, but I think, I think that's the sort of mindset we would have seen from the group two months ago. Like, yeah. I, I am so confident in the inroads we've made in the mental space in the last six weeks. Like... Mm. I remember going into last week's game, that's a game that I think typically would have overawed them. You just got to look back mm. to the last four weeks of last year. Like they, yeah. you know, we shut, we shut the bet against Melbourne. We we lost to Adelaide when we shouldn't have and we, and we choked against the Pies. But, you know, Collingwood came at us pretty hard Friday night. We stood tough. We won the game. They're more mentally mm. resilient than they were this time last year, this time six weeks ago. So I think... Mm. That's one thing that I can take out of these last six weeks is that the mental fortitude that this group has now is is good. They're maturing. Yeah. They're realizing what it takes. So I'm confident they're going to go into it the way they should, and that's mm. ready for the Saints to come at them pretty hard. Yeah, it definitely. It feels like there's that maturity that has grown. And if anyone knows not to be complacent and that, Every single game matters late in the season. It's us. We learnt, you'd think they would have learnt from last year and they know that. And then I think the Collingwood game has really arrived at such a good time where we have that, we get the win, we're able to exercise those demons, push that away, know that we've overcome the ones that ruined our season last year. If they don't have that belief now that if we just bring every single thing to these games, we can do it. So I think the belief's there. And yeah, it feels as if they're not that complacent team because if anyone knows it, it's them right now. So I understand the injuries and all that. And maybe the fan sentiment has been the ones saying, yeah, we're just going to beat, we're just going to go into this game and win it. I feel like we've been the ones that have maybe got a bit cocky after this stretch of form, but it feels like everything that is built on is work rate, pressure, tackling. None of that is complacency. The boys know they have to get it done. And maybe losing a couple of players like a Chera and a McGovern as well, maybe that helps just make them understand that, yeah, you've just beaten Collingwood, but look what happens. You lose a couple of players, you need to still be switched on. So maybe that might help us weirdly if you look at it from the other lens. Um, but really good question. We got one again from a uh, very hoodish, another great listener of the pod who says, are we bringing in the fish to play a role in the midfield? Dow is a lock this week, but I'd like to see fish too. He can be class always better when the team is confident. Touched on in a little bit. Uh, what would you do if Fisher came into this team, whether he is in there to start or whether he's the sub, where would you like to play fish and what kind of impact do you think he can have in a team that's playing some good footy for once? I think the I think the midfield rotation. I think we've seen Zach Fisher the forward, and I haven't exactly loved it. 
Um, I mm. don't think he fits the mould of our forwards at the moment, as in he's never been a big tackler. Um, yeah. And his forward pressure's probably never been that high. Um, I think, yeah, put him in the midfield rotation, get him actually delivering the ball inside 50 because, mm. you know, he, he's he's a decent ball user. And when he can get it on the outside, he's, he's not a bad, you know, kick. Um, so I think if he's going to be in the team, that's what he's in for. That's, you know, he's gone back to the VFL playing as a midfielder. Mm. So it only makes sense that he sort of becomes a part of that midfield rotation. So I think that's where I'd probably like to see mm. him if he does play. Yeah, and I'm, I'm praying as well if Fish does play or get an opportunity for the rest of this season at some stage that because he's been dropped and, and he's someone pretty much since he got drafted has been, you're in this team, you're in the 22 every single week. Even when we haven't been good, even when there was still a lot of question marks over him and what he was going to become as a player, really he was just there because he was a decent ball user. He was quick. We didn't have a lot of those players. And even then reinvented himself as a bit of a small forward. He was just kind of always knew he would play in this team. And it was really the first time he got dropped and has been out for an extended period. I wonder if that changes his mentality at all now that he knows Look, I could be gone at the end of the season. There's murmurs that, you know, we might end up looking to trade him off to, to West Coast or a team over in WA, whether it's the, them or Frio at this stage. Is he fighting for his Carlton career? Probably at this stage. So does that change him at all? Does he have a, a mentality shift of, okay, I, all these guys are ahead of me because they're bringing the tackle pressure, because they're hunting. Maybe it's about time I bring that and have that as an element of my game. So I'm just kind of excited to see him come in just so we know what Fisher is. And I agree with you. I think as a midfielder, I'd like to see him there a little bit more. As I touched on earlier, losing the, the class of a Walsh and Chera, I think he can add a bit there. But just adds to the rotations of that forward line as well, knowing that Cunningham can go through the middle, Fogarty can do it. Just adds to the rotations, mm. which I always do like. But yeah, yeah. interesting to see what Fish brings. And you'd hope you'd hope it goes the way that he seizes an opportunity to mm. you know get back in his team because you know these guys have been around for quite a while and this is only the second season in their mm. careers in the AFL that Carlton are a chance to play finals. So yeah. I, I know for myself, if I was a part of that group that was just outside mm. of the team, you'd you'd want to be working as hard as you can to get in. And and when you got get your opportunity, like mm. sort of Dale has got another week to to play a full game and Fisher potentially to get a game, mm. like you're gonna to want to put your best foot forward. You know, maybe attitude's been an issue in the past because like you said, he, he's gotten the game way too easily. He's coming to the team and, and maybe he hasn't done those selfless team things. Who knows? We could get we could get a six, seven tackle Zach Fisher game this weekend if yeah. he plays. But, you know, he's he deserves another chance, I think. Um, and I really hope that he takes it as an opportunity. Mm. And it's it's interesting as well. I um, I was very fortunate that I Lockie loves every time I bloody bring this up because my head gets bigger. <laughs> but I was at one of the like player-sponsored dinners with Zach Fisher because the lovely WA Blues sponsor him. And the one thing that I do remember him talking about because we won't play good football at this stage. He had just been dropped, and we're kind of talking a bit about, you know, he's still friends with some of the players that are left, and and it ended up kind of getting a bit off-season chat at the table. And there was one thing he mentioned saying, like, oh, and he kind of brought this up himself. No one was saying sack coaches or anything crazy like that, but he was sort of saying, like, yeah, I don't want any more coaches. I'm sick of the changes. Like, I've already, we've already had so many here. Like, it just it, having to have to change everything gets so annoying, and, 
Pito was mm. talking about how many list changes you have every season and the group gets so close by the end of the year and then you lose, you know, four or five minimum every season and you don't, you're going to lose a couple of your mates every single time. And I wonder if there's that still element of Fisher where he, he doesn't want to go. He's been with his club his, his whole AFL life. He doesn't want the change. He wants to fight for it. And if he is selected, I, I hope we see that he is fighting for it. And uh, the last question here to wrap things up is from Dom in the Den, who says, we should more St. Kilda. Do you think the belief has finally set in? Are we Neo and do we finally believe? So as we've said that we still believe, are you confident that the players have finally bought in and believe that doesn't matter what's happening, we're beating the Saners this week? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think, like I've heard murmurs even four weeks ago that, they knew that they were good enough to beat most teams. So I think if you can't beat the best team in the comp, supposedly Collingwood, on a Friday night, their home game in front of their big feral crowd, um, comprehensively win, you know, like we probably should have won by six goals. If you can't get belief out of that, you're never going to have belief. So their belief should be sky high regardless of who's out there. And, you know, the outs aren't great, but, you got to look at our look at the team sheet, and you've still got Cripps, you've still got Leaders, you've still got Charlie, you've still got Hewitt, Acres. We've still got mm. some really good players out there, so they should stand tall. Um, they'll believe in themselves. I'm, mm. I'm very confident that they will. Yeah, and, and even just the last thing I want to touch on because you nailed all that. I'm not adding any more to that, but even just <laughs> talking about say the the McGovern out and Marchbank replacing, I think he had something like seven or eight marks last week, something ridiculous, which just shows you that this plug and play, we've still got talented players that are coming in that we're not seeing as necessarily superstars at the moment. And everyone is playing their role. The beliefs there. It's a very, very exciting time. And yeah, let's get the job done. Let's get the first of the two wins that we need to finish this season to make finals, get it done and dusted early. So we don't have to worry about it. The pressure's off. I know it's going to be a massive, massive game, but yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me, Cam. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can the people find you and what are you up to for the rest of the season? Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter. My name's Cam and Cam. Remove the last name just in case. I, I do push a few buttons. You never know when someone's <laughs> going to try and get you get you fired from your job. So um, rest of the season, I'll be dropping in and out of the footy. I think I'll be going to the Melbourne game. Um, don't know if I can get to the Giants one. So I'll be there for finals though, 100%. So um, yeah, that, that'll be me for the rest of the year. And I, look, I hope we've still got another five or six games in us. So that's... Mm. That's what I want. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Ian. It's a pleasure. So go Blues. No, absolutely loved it. And, yes, links to Cammy's socials will be in the show notes, be in the description. So go over there. If you love a good hot take and you love just a bit of banter, he's the man for it. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks again for joining me because Lockie's not here. He's ditched me. He's telling me he's listening every week. So hopefully you know he's here because I'm giving him a little bit right at the end but no it's been an absolute blast i'm keen i've got to have you on another time throughout this episode and when Lockie's back we'll be sure to get you on but we'll be back early next week talking about a massive massive win against the saners because the blues are playing finals this season lock it in thanks again cam that's finishing it up the bloody baggers see you guys next time <laughs>